Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're following the theme, the Holy Spirit in contemporary religion. And the big question for today, how is the Holy Spirit best evidenced in the life of the believer? Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Well, it's good to see you again, Gary. What a beautiful day. Oh, I tell you what, isn't it fantastic out there? It's good to be alive. It is marvellous. I went out for my walk this morning. It was just as the sun was getting up, and the thing that really impressed me was the smell of the blossom everywhere. I thought, this this is absolutely fantastic. You know, Adelaide in spring is such a marvellous place. Well, uh, to actually live. Well, I was up in the Barossa on Sunday. There was a fun run up there, so I went up there. Absolutely a picture up there as well in the Barossa, lovely Barossa Valley. Did you take part in the fun run? I did. How far did you go? <laughs> I ran. <laughs> Why are you asking me that, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that you involved yourself in fun runs. <laughs> uh, I ran 5Ks, and I was pretty happy with my time. It was um, 29 minutes 37, so just under the half hour, which is pretty good for me. Wow. Mm. I, that, that is yeah. quite impressive. Yeah. I, I, I really am impressed that's and fantastic then, and one lady said to me when I finished she said she must have looked at me and thought I looked a bit old and said would you like something to eat you might be a bit unsteady but oh, okay. <laughs> you should have said no my wheelchair is over there <laughs> now tell me Eric look last week you said that your son and daughter-in-law had a baby sex reveal uh, happening the uh, the very next day now this is of course is a brand new innovation it's been practiced by, by many couples I think it's a fantastic little uh, innovation it's something that certainly in my day with children we weren't able to do. It certainly wasn't reliable enough. But do you want to tell us? I mean, uh, this is another grandchild on the way? Yes, this will be the, the ninth one. Number nine. Uh, number so you, nine, yep. So you're going to be a grandfather or a grandmother? <laughs> uh, well, what happened was... Um, uh, we they went. Uh, they actually dropped a uh, little Lucas. I've got a little boy, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, little Lewis. So they dropped him off at our place, and they went down there. So we were the first to know. The grandparents of, out of the whole family, they were going to tell us over lunch. So yep. So they came back, and we went. So there. it's a boy or a girl, or well, you're not allowed to was, tell us. Yeah, or? I can tell you. Yeah. It was very exciting because at the moment uh, we have uh, six gra- uh, boys. Grandchildren, uh, six boys and two girls, so that makes the eight, and this will be the ninth. And it was a girl, so that evens it up. Six uh. boys will be in three, and they're thrilled because, um, yeah, they they've got a little boy and they really wanted a girl. They, you know, as long as the baby was healthy, we always say it, that's the most important. But this is a, a ble- it's a girl, so we're very happy. Oh, uh, that that is, that is really wonderful. Yeah. And tell me, Eric, what is the very best thing about being a grandfather? Oh, look, there's so many things that. Uh, it's just so so wonderful. It's uh, basically it's the fact that it keeps you young, Gary. It, they make you laugh. Uh, you know, you join in their games. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sit and cuddle them. It's such a wonderful thing. You know, f- uh, such a blessing from the Lord to have grandchildren. Yeah. And you know, we're very lucky because 
all our grandchildren live in Adelaide here, all our families, so they're not, we're not separated. So we see them all growing. And that's a real, I know many people don't see that, so yeah. we feel blessed yeah, by that. Yeah, but it's yeah. just been involved with them, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. No, that's really, really exciting. Now, look, this week in the discussion segment, we're looking at the question, how is the Holy Spirit best evidenced in the life of the believer? That's today's discussion. But before we go there, I'd like to chat to you, if I can, about some current world uh, religious news. Now, I'm thinking in particular, just three days ago, uh, I picked up uh, this uh, uh, this survey that was released by Legionnaire Ministries, and it's called the State of Theology Survey. This is a survey that's done uh, once every two years. Same questions so that a comparative uh, can actually be formed. And uh, this is how it's introduced. Uh, what do Americans think about Jesus Christ, the Bible, truth and ethics? Legionnaire Ministries State of Theology Survey provides insights. Every two years, we take a theological temperature snapshot of the United States to help Christians better understand today's culture and equip the church with better insights for discipleship. This survey was completed in mid-March and asked, what do Americans believe about God, salvation, ethics and the Bible. Now, I really appreciate these uh, these particular surveys and these questions because it certainly keeps me in the loop of where people are actually uh, at. Now, of course, this survey did actually take place in uh, in America, but one of the things that jumped out at me was they they asked concerning this issue of truth. Now, this is something, not necessarily truth that's in the Bible, but just simply truth as opposed to truth and error. And this was one of the conclusions. A majority of U.S. adults assume that all truth is relative. More than half of respondents to the State of Theology survey say that religious belief is not about objective reality. It's not about what you can actually see out there. Mm. However, fewer people express this view in 2020 than in 2018. It's not clear why that's the case, but it may be that our chaotic cultural moment has prompted more people to turn to religion for objective truth. Now, Eric, tell me, this really is, I believe, a really significant question. Uh, Is there a problem if all truth is regarded as relative, as something that can be determined by the individual? Do do you see a problem in that? Yeah, well, I've been to America. I've been to Indianapolis, and the people over there are very religious. You know, I remember going onto a bus, and the bus driver was talking to someone about religion and uh, very very strong over there um there is a problem because you know um that means that it it becomes more difficult to tell truth from error um just recently one of our um people that was studying with us uh, we have the atsum bible and um atsum of course is the aboriginal, aboriginal bible, bible. That's yes, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and um she was being um attacked by um a relative of hers that said that um that this Bible is an error because um, she considered that the things that the Bible was saying um, uh, wasn't right to what she believed was right. And so she was saying that the Bible must be printed by our church because, you know, we were studying these things about the state of the dead and whatever, when actually we pointed out that the Bible is actually printed by the Bible Society Mm. and it has Mm. the truths of the Bible in it. So she she would not reconcile what the Bible was saying to what she could see as truth. Mm. And so this this was a big issue. And she said, well, that 
that Bible's from the devil, you know. So, you know, the Bible stands, the Spirit of God stands supreme. And what we, we do is sometimes we try and reason around. And if you see everything as relatively as being true, well, you know, it's going to be very difficult. And it's happening today. And, and what you get here is this understanding, well, this, this thought in the minds of many people that, you know, what my mind has conceived of hmm. is actually truth as opposed to that which is being revealed. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, sometimes it's very, very hard culturally and whatever to accept uh, the truths of the Bible. It, it's, it's um, as we said before, it's like lining up a fence post. You line up the truth through the various, through not one text in the Bible, but many texts in the Bible. And then to accept that means that we need to, to clear our mind of our preconceived thoughts or what we've been told in the media or what people, other people are saying. It's I think you've actually control. put down a really good principle there as to how to come to determine this issue of truth from a scriptural perspective. That lining up Texts like you might a a, a straight and true uh, fence that you, you, you're trying to lay. Because one of the things I'm conscious of is that sometimes when I'm reading the scriptures, I actually come to a, a passage of scripture that hey, I might struggle with mm. just a, uh, just a little bit, and I'm sort of saying, hey, what exactly is this actually saying? Now, of course, what a lot of people um, fail to to remember is that, of course, our Bible wasn't actually originally written in English. Mm. Now, of course, uh, that means that sometimes translations are not quite as clear as what the original is. Now, the best way to to actually resolve that, of course, is to do exactly what you've said, to be able to line up all the texts on a given subject and say, what are they actually saying? And if perchance there is one that, you know, maybe could be interpreted two ways, then if all other passages are pointing in a particular direction, then I'd suggest to you that the correct interpretation is in fact the way that the other passages are actually indicating. Yep, and that's why study is so important on a particular subject, not to just take one verse, but to take many verses. And when you see the clear path in the Bible, it, it's really, uh, it's really exciting yeah. to see yeah. it all fall into place and to understand what Jesus is actually really meaning. Because quite often he was ra- being very radical in his in what he was saying to them, and they couldn't, they found it very hard to accept it. And and it's exciting to see them or see these things fall into place, you know. That is actually so true what you're saying there, that Christ was in many ways the ultimate radical with the things that he presented to his society. And I'd suggest that he was actually crucified because of the things that he said to his society. In fact, if he was here today, I think his political correctness uh, would get him crucified again today. Yeah, well, you know, he turned the, the, well, the known Christian world at that time on its head. He yeah. swung it around. Yeah. He actually brought the spirit of what he was saying into the world, whereas man had, had uh, you know, like uh, not had the grace and the mercy that Christ brought. And, and they couldn't, they found it very hard to accept it because they had their own system. And you're right. Um, if he came today, I think we would get a bit of a shock in, in many, mm. many ways. One of the things that this survey did conclude, however, was that fewer people expressed, um, um, this view that um, matters of personal opinion about 
matters of personal opinion in 2020 than in 2018. Now, it isn't clear why this is, but the survey suggests that it may be because chaotic cultural movement has prompted more people to turn to religion Hmm. for truth. Now, do you think because of the state of the world, we're finding more people turning to the scriptures, uh, looking for for hope and direction and truth? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, what can you do? Uh, (laughs) Everything's so shaky. I mean, a rumor of something, the the share market crashes. Um, People are just uh, so worried. You know, you hear opinions on the the Boris about a vaccine that's that's had a few problems, Mm -hmm. and now they're back on track with that you know there's all sorts of conspiracy things and and people just don't really are really caught up and they don't really know what to believe they yeah, don't trust politicians yeah, yeah. anymore um and 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 you know you see the violence on tv you actually see the protesters and the police come in and very hard-handed on many things i just saw last night a guy a policeman kneeling on a man threw him to the ground and kneed on his head and shoved him, you know, we all saw that mm. so people are, are so shaky and of course that they're, they're looking for different ways you know, Jesus is the only answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm amazed actually yeah. how many, particularly young people, mm. are actually. We had our uh, last week. We actually had our week of prayer at our uh, at my Brighton church, and every night we had uh, between fifteen and twenty people uh, turned up very regularly. Uh, not exactly the same people every night, but we had people coming there. Uh, many of them, uh, quite a number of them, uh, weren't Seventh Day Adventists, but significantly, quite a number of young people were coming very regularly. Now, mm. I don't normally expect you know I mean certainly earlier in my ministry young people were not that involved in coming along to prayer meetings and yet now I'm finding that even young people are quite happy to come along and say hey look you know we need to make sense of this world in which we're living yeah, and it's almost like the world was on cruise control. Like we're all just drifting yeah, along, and yeah. you know we we understand Christ is coming soon. But this has really shaken everything up, you yeah, know. And we've yeah. seen so many things change and move. Who knows if we're going to go back to it very soon? Yeah. Um, you know, and so it has caused a big change. Yeah, Eric, thank yeah. you for just sharing on that. Look, let's come to some music. I love this particular song. This is uh, Caleb and Kelsey, uh, Ten Thousand Reasons," and what a beautiful. Beautiful name.
When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week, we're following the theme, The Holy Spirit in Contemporary Religion. And our big question for today, how is the Holy Spirit best evidenced in the life of the believer? Help us out, Eric. You know, religious people, they often talk about these things, the, the fruit of the Spirit. They talk about spiritual gifts. You know, are they, are they the same thing? Are they, are they different in some way? How is the Holy Spirit evidenced in the life of the believer? Hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us... Um many gifts and lots of fruit. Um, so there is a difference. There is a difference between uh, the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians five twenty two to 23, where it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. Mm. So this is the fruit of the Spirit it's talking about here. So this fruit is given to us to be able to show others the character of Christ, what Christ is like. You know, it's like, Gary, um, we're born with a sinful nature, you know, children's sin, you know, they, mm. we do things mm. wrong. You know. It's like, um, I don't know if you do much cooking, I do a, bit of, a little bit of cooking. Love it, love it. I yeah. love cooking <laughs> because I get to make what I like to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I get an onion out, you know, and I know the onion will make me, you know, water my eyes sometimes. But when I peel away the onion, you know, mm. uh, you've got to actually peel it away to get to the goodness and it's like that in our lives, you know, we peel it away, continually peeling away to get to that. And sometimes it's, I find that an onion has a, a thin skin around it. Yeah. And then there's a bit that's a bit hard and you've got to peel that harder bit away. Mm. And that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. It, it, it convicts us to become, uh, to, to, to have these fruits of the Spirit. How wonderful are all the things that we're talking about? If the, if the, if everybody was like what it's saying here, what a better place we would have. You know, what, what you're saying there, Eric, I think is, is really significant because what we, what we find, uh, once a person has come to Jesus Christ, we actually have, if you like, a change in the way that they are thinking. Because, of course, Christ gives to, to the believer, to one who has accepted Christ, you get this gift, according to the scriptures, of 
the Holy Spirit. Now, you referred to uh, to Galatians chapter 5, and this one I, I think is really worth us picking up. If, 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 you, if any of our listeners would like to actually uh, look at this in, in their scriptures, this is Galatians chapter 5. It, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You know, this to me is a Beautiful, beautiful picture. These are gifts that are given to each believer, to every believer that has come to Christ. And what, and who could actually deny or not want these gifts? Love. You know, let's consider some of them. I mean, love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness. You know, Eric, when you came to Christ, did you find that you know there seemed to be a change in the way that you were thinking? Oh, definitely. Um, it 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 moved. Um, your your focus moves from yourself to centering on yourself to your family first, and then yeah. to others. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate the fact what the Bible says. He puts love first. The, now, this is the Holy Spirit. So it's saying here that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Fully, these things can teach us how mm. to actually love. Yes, uh, you know there are some things that education can do, but here um, the scriptures are saying, well, actually there are some things that actually come from a as a gift from the Most High God. This is not something that we can actually well up enough strength to be able to do. And this is something that when we come to Christ, our way of thinking actually changes, and as a result of the way of thinking changes, you get these things called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let me just ask you something here, Eric. What percentage of Christians should receive the gifts uh, sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, all, all, all should 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 receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, the gifts or the fruit? The fruits. The fruit. E- every Christian mm. should should be able to get all the fruit of the Spirit. That's right, and you know it's freely available. The thing is that you know, Gary, you and I, um, when we don't have the these this. Uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, sin to us was just part of life. And the Bible talks about this many times, like being in a dark place and people not recognizing Christ, you know. But when the Holy Spirit comes to us, we actually recognize who Christ is. That's the very first mm, thing. Mm. We recognize him. Mm. That therefore he comes in and the Holy Spirit then when we recognize, because we can't, I don't believe that we can receive uh, the fruits of the Spirit until we see this, we accept the Savior because our eyes aren't on Christ. It's on the world. And, and that, I think, is a really key point. In fact, it's actually backed up because if we go earlier in the book of Galatians, a passage that we've actually been reading, of course, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But just before that, you get this passage, the works of the flesh. And it talks about mm-hmm. this, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, uh, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries and like uh, you know this this is not a very pleasant list is it i mean mm. this is what you know what paul's saying here is that uh, this is what the natural man 
is actually like. Yes, and it says there in in, uh, in the verse down the bottom there in 21, it says um, at the end of that verse, it says, those who practice such things do not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, so you get these two lists and you've got a, a list down uh, on the left-hand side, which is all about this jealousy and selfishness. And then you put the list of what the Holy Spirit gives us and they're absolutely in contrast with one another mm. and man is right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to us and reveals this is the things, look, you're, you're going the wrong way. This is the way you're treating yourself and, and people and that. This way, this you've got to move this way and these gifts believe in Christ and then the gifts are bestowed upon the, the fruit. fruits are bestowed upon us and and then so we change and and um you know I've seen um, some really rough diamonds change you know yeah. the bible is full of them yeah absolutely yeah. full yeah. Of, and yeah. people yeah. didn't accept them yes. because yes. they knew their past life you know it's harder for somebody uh, in a church that sees somebody does wrong, yeah. to actually accept that person again as a friend because they've gone against the contrary. But what God asks us to do is to love them, to show them love. Don't mm. let them wander away, but to actually don't condone what they've done yeah. if it's something yeah. really bad. But you you help them by loving them, and, and the Holy Spirit can then work with them as well. You know, I, you know? I, I think what you're saying here is something to – I can almost put it into, a, I suppose, a, a self-explanatory – um, a list, I suppose. And what mm. is uh, the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, you know, well, the first thing that a holy, that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the unconverted, according to, to, to John's gospel, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin. Mm. The very first thing that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the unconverted person is actually to convict of sin. Mm. But do you know then, the thing I love is that when a person accepts Jesus Christ, what you find is the Holy Spirit starts to mold the life as it were. And then what you have are these fruit of the Spirit that start to become evident. That those old things that used to be done start to, start to change. They start to drop away and you start to get fruit developing. Now, you know, one of the things that, and we're going to keep going on this because, um, I think it's really important to understand what's actually occurring here. Do you know one of the things I, I, I notice and I love about fruit mm. is that fruit uh, actually develops more frequently on a mature tree than an immature tree. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that really jumps out at me is that sometimes early in a person's Christian life, I hear uh, them say things like, oh, I, I fail so often. And yet, you know, the thing I'm conscious of is that when a, when a tree is very young, there is often not a lot of evident fruit. Yeah. Sometimes that takes some period of time before the fruit starts to really develop itself. You know, in fact, sometimes people have, have actually said to me, oh, Pastor, uh, that, uh, that person over there who is preaching and teaching uh, maybe um, a different theology to what the scriptures actually actually teach. Uh, Pastor, is that, uh, is that truth or is it error? How do I tell the truth? But Sometimes I've had to say to people, sometimes you have to wait mm. and allow the fruit 
to actually display itself because fruit is actually most evident on a mature tree That's and right. this is this is something that is so uh, is so important that you know fruit the more that um uh, the older that i get uh, the, uh, the the more I start to to see the spirit of God starting to work in the lives of various individuals, and yeah, and with the fruit too, Gary is um, you know as a tree is growing, it needs tender care. You know, you, you get the pests that come along, you get the the dry weather, you've got to water, it. and and I believe that the, you know the Holy Spirit when He gives us His fruits, He's there to help us through those things. We don't, I don't throw up my tree because it's suddenly uh, starting to droop. I try. To, you know, you try and help that. That's what the Holy Spirit. You water is. it. You yep. prune it. Yep. You fertilize it, don't that's you? Right. That's it. And that, as Christians, that's the whole thing, isn't it? That we, that we should um, understand where people are at. I mean, I remember my first sermons, and I, I, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a bit ashamed of my first sermons, but it was from the heart. Mm. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's a growth thing that you keep on growing the more you share, and, and we keep on changing. Yeah. Yeah. Peeling back that onion, sometimes you've got to go many layers, yeah. and that's that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. He, he, he. We're being molded, aren't we, into yeah. into a better person? This is what it's yeah, all about. Yeah. And to have that love and joy and peace, the kindness that we need to show that is the is the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm. I mean. Well, with people that we, we get on with, it's easy to show those things. But when there's people that maybe we don't get on with, then yeah. God says, no, look, this is for, you know, to show to yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. indeed. That's exactly what, exactly what does take place because we, we actually have here the, uh, the ongoing work of the Spirit of God. This, you know, firstly convicting people of sin, but after he's done that, a person comes to Jesus Christ. After they've come to Jesus Christ, he continues to work on their life. And then as a result of working in the life, fruits start to develop in the life of the, of the individual. Yeah, they, there are occasions when they may fall. But their fruit starts to develop and starts to multiply. They want to share mm. even about Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what you're saying is born out in John 16, uh, 7 to 11. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I actually go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment mm-hmm. concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer belong me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. So faith in Romans ten eleven faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So he said, I have to go and the Holy Spirit is coming to convict you of sin to, to start that process mm. to be able to replace what you're giving away yeah, those yeah. bad traits but replacing it with something far better mm. you know to have a joyous and happy life I meet so many people in this world today Gary, Pastor Gary that's looking for happiness they they go to other things in this world they cannot find it mm. They and then they'll come and say oh I need prayer and we have prayer and then some of them go back to the, the old ways and then they get hurt again mm. and so it's a matter of trusting and believing it's like this old saying Gary if you don't mm. mind me showing mm-hmm. and you know the saying and many of the it says an old Cherokee, this is an old Indian saying, mm-hmm. is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight and it's between two wolves. One is evil, he is angry, he is envy, sorrow, he's greedy, he's arrogant, he has resentment, he has false pride. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope. 
humility, kindness, truth, compassion, and faith. Mm. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Hey, now isn't that, isn't that wisdom? Yep. That's so if good. we allow the Holy Spirit, because he gives us yeah. all, all the fruit, yeah. if we allow him to give us that and we concentrate on that, then that's what we become. Mm. But if we shun Jesus, if we, if we walk away from the Holy Spirit, then we become that other person, that evil one. What a great truth this is. You know, mm. But let's, uh, let's keep going. I'm conscious yep. our time is starting to go. So in our work of the Spirit, you know, to the unconverted, we, and continually the Spirit comes to convict the world of sin. Righteousness and judgment. That's the first work. Yep. And then the Holy Spirit continues to work inside the life of the uh, individual until fruit starts to uh, starts to really develop. And of course, the beautiful thing about fruit, things like peace, is actually given to every Christian. This mm. is something that every Christian can have. Mm. But you know, as life goes on, what the Holy Spirit then does is gives not just fruit, but also gives gifts mm. to Christians. Now. Eric, what are these things called gifts? Well, the fruit of the Spirit enables us to show others the character of Christ, while the gifts of the Spirit enable us to show others the power of Christ. Uh, and we desperately need both the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit. If you look at um, some texts here, Ephesians 4.11, it says there, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So it's saying here that these gifts are given to to you know people. They receive gifts, and it enables them to be evangelists or pastors or teachers. These are uh, gifts that enable us to be able to share Christ. In fact, First Corinthians twelve one to eleven says, "Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninf- uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know." That no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And this is to give the Spirit, to give wisdom, message of knowledge. So this is talking about here that the Holy Spirit empowers us to go out and to share the gospel. Okay, so in other words, after these fruit, uh, firstly, start to, uh, the, the Holy Spirit develops fruit in the life of every believer, then to each believer, the Holy Spirit gives a gift but it may not be the same gift. Is is that correct? That's right, yeah. It's uh, different types of gifts. You know, I mean, we've all got different personalities, I believe, and uh, and the gifts are given. Uh, I mean, you know, there are some I know that can get up in the front of a church or in front of people, and there are others that are shy. But he does give us gifts that enable us and empower the church to, to spread the gospel. We are not here to save ourselves. We have the fruits now, so what do we do to them? We've got to share the fruits along with the gifts that enable 
enable us to to share within our church and outside of our church. I love what you just said then. Mm. We are not here to save ourselves. Mm. What a powerful statement that actually is. That is so important, I believe, because the reality is when we actually start walking with Jesus Christ, that becomes the great reality of our life. You know, if we come to, you quoted uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I, I do want to come to this particular passage because I think it's so important. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll go from verse uh, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of how many? For the profit of all. Mm. Um, for the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, through another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different, you know, we've got all different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation, you know, we have got these, this huge list mm. that actually comes to us from, uh, from the Apostle Paul. And it seems that, um, each person has got their, their own gift. And, um, you know, as I, as I look at this, I simply say, hey, these are, these are beautiful gifts. What a, what a wonderful thing mm. that our Lord God has actually done. That's right, and you know this is actually the will of Christ. The the giving of these the fruit and the gifts to us is actually when you look through the Bible and see what he was saying in many parables, he was trying to point out that even though ninety nine sheep were in the pen, there was one out there that needed to be looked, you know, to be found. That we can't be content with the fruits and mingling around together, and and that there are those out there that need to be saved. And these gifts are given so that we will have the ability to go out and be empowered, because it talks about empowerment here. That we have a boldness, that we are changed. We are no longer focusing on our time within the world. We're now yeah. focusing our time. Outside, I mean, we do, we give tithes, for instance, we give money, but the, also alongside that, we should also give our time. And this is what it's, it's, it's saying here that we, but you know, uh, some gifts are good for some people and other gifts are good for others. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's like the body. We've all got different parts that went on and talked about that, about how we can be, um, we're all part of a body, you know, uh, and so this makes up the body of the church. The different gifts will all work in line with each other to do, build the, Do you think, Eric, sometimes we underestimate the importance of some gifts and give undue uh, emphasis to others? Definitely. I, I, I kind of feel that sometimes, you know, some, and, and the Bible points this out many times, there, there are times in the Bible when somebody can be doing something in the church that we might think is quite menial. You know, mm. but if it doesn't get done, you soon know about yeah. it. You know, and we yeah. talked about the other day about cleaning. If the cleaning's not done, you soon get to notice it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so therefore we highlight, and this is what I, I am very cautious about when it talks about the gifts that I don't start to look at the gifts and say, well, look, I've got that gift and that gift and that gift, and yeah. put yourself up high. Yeah. I don't think that's what this is all about. Yeah, this is talking about working together in unity because it, it actually said in verse twelve of of Ephesians four, it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to be building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So yeah. we don't become tossed to and fro. Well, that, that passage is actually absolutely key, I think, to our full understanding of this issue of giftedness because the reality is we don't all have to have any one 
gift. In mm-hmm. uh, that passage again, he himself uh, gave some to be apostles, mm-hmm. some prophets, some evangelists. The implication, of course, is that while he gave some to be pastors and evangelists, there are others that aren't uh, equipped in that particular way and others teachers and then it says this for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry now i love that because to me what this is saying is that the people that have actually been um, hired by god to do the work of ministry are actually this group of people called the saints now of course the saints aren't the people who you know you know some say are currently in heaven which they're not but that these other saints are actually the New Testament term for believers. Mm. So, Eric, mm. Saint Eric. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thought, it a isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful. But that's the way the New Testament speaks of believers. Mm. Believers are referred to in the New Testament as saints. But to the saints, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, it's the saints, the body of Christ that is actually going to do the ministry. I mean, what that's saying to me is that a ministry isn't actually just the job of the paid, employed um, pastor. Mm. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, the greatest power comes in unity. And uh, a central theme is that uh, we're all involved in it. It's not just the pastor's work. We're all called to to serve God. It's interesting, years ago, Gary, in New Zealand, we there was a guy in our church that started a lot, and mm-hmm. he actually wanted to do a sermon. And when he got up, people were a bit fearful of him. You know, they didn't really yeah. want him to get yeah. up. But I'll tell you what, he gave such a sincere a sermon through that. He actually went on to become a literature evangelist, and when he went to the doors, his stutter stopped. It was amazing wow. through the power of God, you know. So he does give people the ability to to serve God. And, and when you serve, you know, when you share what the Holy Spirit has done in your life, that means that you grow spiritually and we all change through that. And, and look, there is no greater gift than being uh, uh, called, having the ministry of service, is there? I mean, no. this is something, I mean, so many people actually uh, work for, you know, work for money. I mean, they've got to survive. We've all got to survive. I understand that. But, you know, um, what an incredible blessing it is when you can actually know, hey, I've been called by the Most High God uh, to actually be, do something for him. And this is a gift that he has personally given to me that I might be able to use in his service. Uh, what a beautiful picture that is. It is. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, it just gives so much change in a person's life. And the thing is, that when we share the Holy Spirit, when we see um, the Holy Spirit working, because we're mm. out there amongst mm. it, well, then that def- increases your faith. Yeah, we yeah. don't become stagnant, uh, left yeah. in that pen with yeah. the ninety-nine. You're Indeed. actually out there seeking, and that's what changes us. And I, I believe that you know, a working, uh, and that's not earning your way to heaven in, in any way or other. It's through the love of Christ that we have the love for the people, mm. and it's the mm. love of the people that take you out there. But through that, you continue to grow as a Christian. That you can relate to to what they're going through. Yeah, and as you use your gift, there is really a something. That comes back to you as well in an amazing, yeah. well, an amazing what comes way. Back is more exactly. It's an incredible yeah. blessing. But Eric, look, let's yeah. come to some music. Our time's yeah. starting to run away from us. This is Randy Travis, a bubble. Above all powers. Above all kings 
Love all nations and all creative things Above all wisdom and all the ways of man You were here before the world began Above all kingdoms, above all thrones Above all wonders this world has ever known Above all wealth and treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what you're worth Crucified, laid behind a stone You live to die, rejected and alone like a And thought of me above all, above all powers, above all kings, above all nations and all creative things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man. Before the world began Above all kingdoms Above all thrones Above all wonders This world has ever known Above all wealth And treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what Crucified, laid behind the stone You live to die, rejected and alone Like a rose, trampled on the ground You took the fall and thought of me Above all Crucified Laid behind the stone You live to die Rejected and alone Like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above all, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me. Above all, when your life gets harder and the world gets worse. Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? 
Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're following the theme, The Holy Spirit in Contemporary Religion. And the big question for today is how is the Holy Spirit best evidenced in the life of the believer? Eric, tell me, we've been talking fruit of the Spirit, we've been talking gifts of the Spirit. Which do you think is the most important of the two, the fruit or the gifts? You know, the fruit we've said everyone needs to have the fruit of the Spirit that's promised to everyone. The gifts are given, distributed uh, according to uh, how God himself feels that we can use them in ministry, uh, which is actually the most important, do you think? Well, Gary, I don't know what you think, but what I think is this. Mm-hmm. I think you can't split them. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can't split them. Uh, you know, I think that the the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit should always work together. I believe that God's power and his character should be close friends because if we have the fruit of the Spirit but we don't feel motivated, we don't have the love, we have love for each other but not for other people, then we'll never get out there. So we can have all the fruits, if you like. But then if we have the gifts but not have that love and joy, we, we won't be sharing the right message. Yeah. So I see them as friends. That's a, that, that's a very together. beautiful response, actually, Eric. That's a, that's actually very powerful because one without the other, if a person has the Holy Spirit, uh, the um, uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, is going to produce fruit in their in their life. But at the same time, he's going to give them a gift to enable them to become involved in some service for him. And that service, you may not even realise that you're actually doing service. You know, it could be just a kind word or something. You know, I mean, this is this. Is working hand in hand together because when when we're born again, because really this is what we're talking about here tonight as well, is being born again and, and having the old man die. Yeah. That we then become a, a, a service for God. We we want we're motivated. And you know, us. Eric, what you're saying there, I think, is so very important. You know, very early in my my, in fact, it was the very first church where um, I was I was pastor. I was surprised they actually trusted me with a church in those days. I was back in my uh, in my mid twenties, and uh, I was in far western Queensland. And I'd like to say a really big hello to anyone who's actually in Western Queensland. I was based out in the town of Roma, um, and uh, I cared for uh, all uh, Roma out to uh, Mitchell, Mungalala, out to Charleville, uh, right out as far as um, uh, Quilpie, uh, and I was running the uh, the Western Paddock as we uh, as we called it. Uh, but you know, one of the things that really I stumbled upon out there was a wonderful lady, and she had a gift of hospitality. Now in those days I I sort of had this view that there were some uh, gifts that were um, 
more important than others. You know, I mean, obviously the pastor, the, the pastor and the pastoral gifts and the preaching. I mean, uh, that was somewhere towards the the top. You know, the uh, the prophet and the um, the healer. You know, these were gifts that were way up there. Whereas there were other less important gifts. Yet the Lord had something really important to actually teach me mm. in those days. I had in my church one one particular lady, and her spiritual gift was the gift of hospitality. And now in those days, I didn't regard the gift of hospitality, you know, as as particularly significant. But then I I started to notice something. You see, she started to exercise her gift of hospitality. Mm. Now, in those days, she she didn't work. Her her husband was employed in the oil and gas uh, industry out there. Um, but the one thing that she did was she exercised her gift of hospitality. Now, I could be guaranteed no matter what time of the day I wanted to, we, she would have, I could go and visit her house, and in the end I went and visited her house two or three times a week mm. because no matter what time of the day I'd go out there, she would have ten or a dozen other people out there. They just congregated around her, mm. and she just wanted to give them drinks and bickies. Um, she wanted to uh, do some crafts with them. She was a super friendly type uh, type person. And while she was there, uh, she would simply talk to them about her love for Christ. Mm. You know, this was a powerful, powerful witness. Her, her primary gift was actually hospitality. She knew how to people, make people feel incredibly comfortable mm. within her environment. You know, Eric, as I think about it, what an amazing gift. That actually, that actually taught me a great deal because what it said to me was that uh, thou shalt never rate one gift as more important than another. That's In right. fact, mm. I've actually said to my church uh, churches that I've pastored since then, there are two really important gifts that every church must have. Mm. Um, one is the gift of encouragement. Mm. The other is the gift of hospitality. Yep. And the story that you've mentioned here, the gift that she was having of hospitality, was revealing her fruits of the Spirit. It, it, it was her, her fruit was shining out yeah, that's right. through the gift yes, that's right. that she had actually yeah. uh, been given by God himself. Yeah, wonderful. And, you know, as yeah. I sort of think of that, as I consider that, and I just say to my churches, hey, mm. above everything else, there are two gifts that I want in this church. Mm. I want the gift of encouragement yep. and I want the gift of hospitality. Mm. And, you know, all the other gifts will actually come. They come naturally. They come naturally. They mm. all come naturally. Mm. But, you know, those two gifts, I've found are the two gifts that can really empower um, a church. Fan- these are fantastic gifts. Yeah. But, Eric, look, I'm conscious our time is starting to go. Eric, would you like just to have prayer for our people? Because I'm really conscious sure. that there may be some who are wanting the Holy Spirit to descend on them, that they might have these, develop these fruit and have these gifts in their life. Would you pray for our listeners? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Uh, on this uh, Wednesday night uh, Just thank you Lord for the time That we've been able to spend together through the radio We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit For if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit Lord We wouldn't be talking to each other tonight We wouldn't get to know one another through radio And we thank you Lord for the Holy Spirit We pray Lord that each one of us will receive the Holy Spirit We pray Lord that we'll empty ourselves out The longing that we have for this world The old man of ourselves That we need to recognise the sin in our lives And to turn away from that sin And and look 
towards the other side to look towards Jesus as our answer to this world's problems. Lord, we think tonight of the little story of the two wolves, Lord, and what do we feed in our lives? Do we feed the word into our lines, into our minds? Do we listen to the words of Christ through the Bible? Do we listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying? Or do we feed the other wolf, the one that looks at the world and the the things that this world offers? Lord, may each one of us tonight choose to serve you. May we choose to accept the Holy Spirit fully into our lives, that we will want to change. And by changing, Lord, we'll receive the fruits of the Spirit. We'll be more happier. We'll have love for people. We will be changed people. May we continue to grow in you. And then, Lord, we receive the gifts of the Spirit, that we may serve you and we want to serve you because we love other people more than ourselves. So bless each one tonight, Lord. May all of us determine tonight to receive more of the Holy Spirit to read the words of Jesus, to believe in him and to accept the Holy Spirit tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we look at Must I Speak in Tongues to be Saved? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give. Isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.